What's good, everybody? Welcome to Buddy Bag Podcast. I'm Chris Thomas, and with me, as always, Brooke Brighter Dave. How we doing, everybody? We are officially in October, and I am in full Halloween mode right now. Me too. This is my favorite time of year. And I couldn't think of any better movie to get us kicked off, well, to get the Halloween season kicked off, Trick or Treat from 2007, I believe it is? 2007, yeah. Yeah, 2007. 2007. Trick or Treat. I was appalled that you have not seen... I thought that every seasoned horror movie enthusiast has seen Trick or Treat. Yeah, I've just never seen it. I've never been big on like horror story anthologies until about like maybe a year or two ago. Oh, those are my favorite kind. I love anthologies. For those of you who don't know, Trick or Treat is a collection of four different um, four different stories going on all at the same time during the Halloween uh, one particular Halloween night. I'm going to re say that sentence. (laughs) hopefully this time without stumbling over trick or treat for those of you who don't know is a collection of four different stories all taking place on the same halloween night and they all at some point intersect with each other and intertwine in a very fun way based on the beginning part the intro credits it uh has a very comic book now i don't know if trick or treat started out as a comic book but the beginning made it seem as though i was getting kind of creep show vibes yeah same here when i was watching that so i'll i guess i'll go ahead and explain some of the stories as we go along because you have one story that is about a group of preteens who they're uh, they're trying to hmm what's the best way to put it because all the stories are all over the place and i'm trying to think of the best way to well it was a group of preteens who uh play a prank on like the uh outcast kind of like the she's i think she might be like autistic autistic girl yeah she's autistic and they take her to this haunted place where these where it's said that this school bus full of children who were also mentally disabled had been driven uh, a bus just driven into a lake their parents had paid the bus driver to basically off their kids because they got too difficult to raise and their spirits haunt that area and they bring the autistic girl down there she the she thinks that they're all just being friends with her and then they pretend to be zombies and come back and scare the crap out of her but then lo and behold the actual spirits of the deceased mentally challenged kids come back and kill the kid you know what maybe i'm so excited about this because i don't think a full week has gone by in the past three weeks where i haven't had something to say about like kids in movies and maybe maybe that's why i'm giddy maybe there is a little something to it because i was like oh yeah get those kids get them kill them <laughs> okay kill those kids so, but these kids actors are actually pretty good yes and that's and that's another reason why i was going to get into that the kids actors in this were actually i texted you i said you know yeah the kids are not annoying, and if they are, there's a reason for them to be. Because yeah, they the, act their age appropriately. The, they act age appropriate, and if they act like, man, this person's annoying, that builds up. Give, just to give, give you an idea of why I'm so giddy, the movie starts out with a annoying kid getting poisoned, getting poisoned by this psychopath who's handing out candy, and then gets his, it's the kid from Bad Santa. I believe it's the kid from Bad Santa gets poisoned by uh, the actor plays him is uh, Dylan Baker and it just poisons the kid and then drags him out into the backyard. Kid's still alive. He cuts off the kid's finger and then beats him to death with a shovel and then buries him in the backyard. Now that sounds morbid and it is, but they managed to make that hilarious. I love the part where the neighbor interrupts him. The neighbor interrupts like- him. 
I have sewage problems, man. He's, it smells like a dead hooker out here. Yeah. And while he's doing that, his kid is yelling from outside of the window saying, Dad, I want to, like, carve a jack-o'-lantern. And, and that kid's being annoying, but there's a reason why the kid's annoying, because it builds up to a fun twist, because later you find out, all right, this kid's being annoying, 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 and then you think that the dad's about to, like, kill his son. He's like, all right, I'm tired, tired of this kid. And he goes and he brings a knife, and he says, all right, we're going to carve up this thing and start with the eyes first. And it's actually the decapitated head. He's raising his son to be a, a little mini serial killer, too. Too, which I thought that was just yeah. really, really cool. That was a fun twist. All right, but it's kind of a digression, but we had the, uh, that's another story that's going on. The kids getting killed by the, uh, the kids getting killed by the ghosts of the short bus spirit kids. And then you also have a, a teenager. No, I think they said that she was 12. Oh, college students. She's college students. Yeah. Uh, played by, one of them played by Anna Paquin, or I just know her as Rogue from the X-Men movies. They're all dressed up and they're getting ready for a party and they're talking about this being her first time. So you're thinking, okay, she's obviously a virgin and she this is going to try. Their friends are trying to get her to lose her V card. Come to find out later that no, she's an actual werewolf and they're just preparing her for her first kill. And that was a good twist. That was a fun. That was a great twist. That was probably my favorite twist. And then, of course, the last story is this man who just he's a recluse he he's the neighbor to the guy who killed the bad santa claus kid he's just a recluse and trick-or-treaters coming to his door and he's scaring them off and then he gets haunted by this creature who's been present throughout the rest of the story uh, i believe the uh, his name is sam i've always called him sack boy i don't know if that's if anybody else calls him sack. maybe maybe i'm thinking of uh I'm thinking of Little Big Planet, calling him Sackboy, but I believe his name is Sam. Yeah, it's Sam. Sam, who I believe is like the spirit of Halloween, making sure that everybody obeys the rules of Halloween. And if you don't obey the rules on Halloween, if you don't give out candy or if you blow out a jack-o'-lantern before Halloween is over, he will kill your ass. Yeah, I think that was a great thing about the movie. It was all like cautionary tales about Halloween, like each one had a role. You respect Halloween, damn it. Yeah. Christmas, people already have Christmas decorations up. You will respect the 24 hours of Halloween. Yeah, it's Halloween season right now. I don't want to hear any Christmas music. Now, I know I gave away a lot of spoilers in the movie, but I'm, I'm trying not to because I implore people to actually go and see see this movie. Like, there's movies that I won't care about telling the entire story. Yeah. And I gave away a bunch of the big stuff, but there's a couple of twists. Yeah, that I there's like uh, uh, two or three more little minor storylines that you didn't go over that. There's a couple of little everything twists. together. Yeah. Yeah. That that everything kind of be like, oh, so I'm not going to give away everything. But, you know, when we talked about movie like Venom or a movie like, I don't know, 13 Ghosts. I don't mind giving away that whole thing because you kind of have to. But these are a bunch of different stories. Yeah. So I gave away a lot of the main stuff, but enough for people to be like all right go check it out now has your mind changed at all because you said that you were not sure how you felt about this i watched it again and i liked it a little bit more i feel like the more i watch it the more i like it because you're gonna find more things Mm -hmm. each time because there's so many things going on because i i thought for sure that you were gonna be like man this movie was great and then you came back i was like oh man is this gonna be one of those things where was it gonna be a reverse 13 ghost where i'm gonna be here defending it and you're gonna be like oh man but this part what 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 were the parts that are you're kind of like iffy on it was just iffy it's kind of like annoying like from the get-go when the lady's taking down her halloween decorations on halloween night like 
<laughs> Who the hell does that? I I wrote down on the uh, on my notes. I said, "All right, so you're taking down uh, these Halloween decorations because your mom is coming the next morning and she freak out." That's kind of on you. If you knew that, why would you even put a woman who's that anti-Halloween wouldn't have had that many decorations up in the first place? Right. Although I'm sure it was her husband who did it. The hu- the husband who fell asleep wa- watching porno, waiting for his wife to come in. But that just annoyed me. I'm like, what? Why are you taking that on Halloween? Like, yeah, Sam didn't like it too much either. No, he did not. So, like, all in all, what would you give this? I give this eight out of ten razor bladed candies. How much? What would what would you rate this? Probably go six out of ten. Six out of ten. So just a little bit above average. Like, it's a decent horror anthology. Not one of my top ones, but it's worth the watch. It's definitely worth the watch. And surprisingly i showed this to my folks i called them i was like hey um i gotta watch this movie for the podcast you guys feel like watching it and surprisingly my mom was really into it (laughs) (laughs) i was was like yes i got another one so you said it wasn't your favorite horror anthologies yeah one of your favorite horror anthologies so what what kind do you actually like like I wanted to actually talk about that. Uh, there are a lot of anthology movies and anthology products out there around horror. Well, what are some that you actually are more of a fan of or drawn to? I mean, my favorite is one that really doesn't get talked about all that much. It's uh, called Southbound. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It sounds familiar. I can't yeah. say I've seen it, though. Well, it streams on Hulu, and it's basically a horror anthology that takes place around along this route. 66, of course. Mm-hmm. With another six like kind of painted on it yeah it's like everyone kind of gets trapped on this road and they get punished for crimes they committed you said it's on hulu yeah all right i'll have to give that a check out if you say is it like a hidden gem would you say i would say so yeah all right and then also the vhs series they're really good too i've seen the vhs series well i've seen i've seen i think one of them and i've seen one of the rec ones yeah those are really good as well but southbound is without doubt my favorite one the first one that always comes to mind when I think of a collection of horror stuff is the American Horror Story series. But yeah. if, we're, if we're talking about movies, I mean, I mentioned Creepshow earlier. That's that's definitely on my one of my top anthologies. Have you seen both Creepshows? Or have you, uh, I don't know how many there are, but have you seen the Creepshow uh, franchise? I've seen the first one. Fun stuff. And I think that I think even Stephen King made a cameo in it. But I would be remiss if I... At least, I hope I'm using that word right. I would I would be ashamed if I did not at least mention the not movie but the book series, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark. Yeah, I think every horror movie fan that's our age grew up on those books. Everybody else, when I was well into middle school and some a little bit into high school, while everybody was reading like their young adult fiction and stuff like that, I was reading all of the and rereading all of the scary stories to tell in the dark stuff. I probably read those stories. Back to back to back to back because they sold them in three different parts, three different books. As soon as I was done with one, I would go to the next and then I would just go cycle through them over and over just because I couldn't get enough of the art and the stories were so cool. Yeah, that was good. And then also you got to think about the Brothers Grimm's fairy tales. I've been meaning to actually sit down and read the actual Grimm fairy tales stories. Yeah, I just know a few so of them. so dark, yeah. I just know a few of them. Like, I know that uh, doesn't like in Cinderella doesn't like the evil stepmother and stepsisters get their eyes like clawed out by crows or something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about grim. 
that's about one, I probably know one or two, but I have to actually sit down and read them. But back to scary stories to tell in the dark. I don't know how you felt about the movie, but uh, man, I could. The, the least. Yeah, one of those movies where we had such high expectations for it because well, we waited for it for so long. When I saw what they did with the scarecrow and the bully, like going and, and turning like straw coming out his face and, and getting all gruesome and, and turning into a scarecrow, I was like, all right, now this is what I'm talking about. This this is the kind of scary story telling the dark that I'm that I remember in my mind growing up. But then they have to <laughs> then they have to bring in my my number one enemy apparently as of late the children the Bad children child actors actor. the okay. children yeah. and the movie gets 10 times worse when the kids come in and and i could just care they could have they could have just made a bunch of scary stories to tell in the dark stories kind of like trick or treat just all kind of like t- maybe taking place at the same time and just take four or five select stories have them all going on in this one town and I think that people would have loved it. I think that would have been really cool. And like everything is taking place maybe over the course of a couple of days and just tell each of these stories. I, I, I could care less about the main characters. The, one of them was annoying who was supposed to be the comic relief. You have your generic bullies. And then another yeah. subplot about the kid who's dodging the draft. <laughs> like You don't need all of this. What, what no. are you doing? You, you have all this source material right in front of you. And when you stick to just that, you're golden. What are you doing? Yeah, like in a good or an anthology, you really don't have one main character. You have multiple different sub main characters in each storyline, you know? Yeah, uh, maybe that's another reason why... Well, I thought the Goosebumps. Well, I I saw the first Goosebumps movie, and I thought it was okay. But I think you make that's a good point that when when you have a bunch of stories going on, the the point is that you don't have one main person. Well, except for Goosebumps, the difference between Goosebumps and and Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark is Scary Stories is a bunch of small scary stories, but Goosebumps is all centered. They each have their own individual protagonist. But when you have a bunch of stories at your disposal, you know, you just, just even it out a little bit so that, exactly. you know, put the focus on where it needs to be. And that is being creepy and the creepy stories. Exactly. You don't need much, just a little bit that ties it all together. And then you're good. What, uh, any other anthologies? Uh, we said creep show, scary stories. We got uh, Southbound, I think you said it was called. Yeah, Southbound. VHS, uh, something tells me that I'm we're like missing something like really big that like if yeah, people, people bothered to listen to this thing and actually interact, they'd be like, how did you not say this movie? Yeah, I mean, technically, according to Google, All Hallows Eve is a horror anthology. Which All is, Hallows- the, yeah, the first Terrifier movie. Oh, well, I haven't seen it. Yet. We haven't seen it. Yeah, I haven't even thought about Terrifier since we saw Terrifier. So exactly. Maybe we need to go back and watch that one. At some point, maybe yeah. we should start doing two of these reviews a week for the Halloween season. Maybe. See how we can work that one out. There's just so many horror movies that it's hard to fit them all. Like, even if we were to do two every week, it still wouldn't feel like enough. I know, because I have like four or five movies I have in the chamber that I want to review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did we... Did you have a kill of the week? Did you have a kill of the movie? I did, actually. Just because this lady pissed me off so much taking down her Halloween decorations on Halloween, I felt very satisfied when Sam killed her. 
Go ahead and describe in vivid detail what happened. Basically, as she stated on those Halloween decorations, there's like, like a little, like a teenager, like staring at her and starts building up suspense. And then, you know, he gets in a car. She kind of lets her guard down. And then she's attacked by Sam, who's like off about like three feet tall. Wearing his sack. Rem- his head, yeah. Reminiscent of a cross between Jason from the second movie bag over his head and an orange onesie like pajama pants. And then he sliced, he slits her throat with a uh, like a broken lollipop. Broken lollipop. He sh- fashioned into a shiv. Yeah. And basically ends up cutting her head off and putting it up as decoration. And just cuts off all of her body parts and like kind of just puts them about as decorations all over. It's so funny because when you describe these deaths, it's like, wow, this is this sounds like one of the most gory horror. I was like, well, I mean, there's some gore in it, but in all honesty, you're kind of laughing most of the time. Yeah, the deaths in this movie were kind of more funny. They're they're over the top. It's just over the top enough. Like, I feel like in almost every death of this movie, you go, oh, well, they're getting their just desserts. Kind of like they have this coming. At no point, unless it was maybe the ending guy with the recluse neighbor guy, at no point was I ever necessarily scared. I was more like, all right, I'm, I'm really into this. How who how's, How is this person going to get it? Or how, are they going to survive? What's going on kind of thing? Because each one has kind of a twist. Yeah. My kill is definitely... I don't remember his name, but Dylan Baker is the actor, the neighbor who killed Santa Claus kid. His death. Oh, so when he eats like the poison candy? No, no, not the kid, the guy who killed him. Dylan Baker, the one who got ravaged apart by werewolves while the hot chick werewolf orgy was happening in the background. Okay, yeah. Spoiler alert, by the way. Because I was sitting there saying, I was like, you know, if you have to be torn apart by werewolves, you can do a lot worse than getting straddled by a sexy Anna Paquin while a bunch of hot werewolf monster women are kind of like dancing and orgying in the background. That's true. There are probably worse ways to go. If you, I mean, if you had, I mean, you are going to get torn apart, but if you had to be, I mean, you are kind of going like you're going out with the most weird erection you ever had. So, <laughs> right. It's like I'm I, terrified, but also super aroused right now. Yeah. That one, because not only did you get the twist of Anna Paquin's character actually being a monster and not this naive little timid virgin college girl uh, that they set up that, that she's actually like, no, she's a she's a werewolf monster who's actually on the hunt. She might be timid and shy, but it's more that she's just picky about her meal. Yes. So I was definitely I was definitely into that. And I see him getting torn apart and I'm just sitting there like lucky bastard. yeah but i'm glad you at least i'm glad you at least came around somewhat to this movie i know you only gave it like a six but it's definitely one of those that i have to watch on a annual basis that gets me in you know i watch this usually right when october hits or right at the end of september and it just gets me right in the mood certain movies like that just get you in the mood for halloween like probably like I put it on there like with the original Halloween, maybe Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus is one of those that I put on every year, too. And it just puts me in the right mood for Halloween. Hocus Pocus in Halloween Town. Mm -hmm. Take me back to my childhood with those. Which little teaser alert will probably be the first movie that I go over in my spinoff 
from this body bag podcast where I talk about kids horror movies. Are you is that going to be one that I do solo? Or are you trying to join me on that? Uh, I'm gonna hop on with you on that one. All right. If you guys didn't get enough of me bashing on kids, then I've heard your cries and I've heard your pleas. You can hear me do nothing but talk about kids and kids horror movies in my new, I don't know, I don't know, working title. I haven't figured out one yet, Yeah. but I'll call it something. Kids corner, something corny. I don't know, something lame. But, but it being October and every horror fan does this, watches at least one horror movie a day in this month. What are you going to be watching tonight? What am I watching tonight? That is a good question. I have to, well, because I got work, so whatever I end up watching, I'll probably end up listening to. Okay. Uh, so it would have to be something that I, uh, I've either seen before or, or actually, you know what? I'll, I'll put this, I'll, it's not a movie that I watch every year, but every year I, I used to watch, I, I don't know if I did it last year, but I try to do it every year. It's Bravo's Top 100 Scariest Movie Moments. Okay, yeah. Which, it's old. I mean, it's been years since that came out. But it's still just a fun thing to just kind of have on in the background. Like, that came out in, like, probably early to mid-2000s. And they just do a countdown of top 100 scariest movie moments. They have interviews with people like... They've had Jennifer Tilly on there, Eli Roth, Candyman himself, Tony Todd's on there. Plus a whole bunch of other people. I think Clive Barker's in there as well. And they all just kind of talk about movie moments that scared them growing up and it counted all the way down to one to one. So I might have that playing on in the background while I work. Oh, nice. What about you? Uh, I am going to be watching uh, Truth or Dare. Not the one that came out in theaters, but the Sci-Fi Channel original because it takes place on Halloween and I, it's actually oh. better than the one in the theaters. I'm going to I might do a whole spinoff on just Sci-Fi original series too. Sci-Fi has some hidden gems. Yes, they do. That's where I found out about Tremors. Tremors so good. But comment down below. What you watching tonight? What are you, what, what are you putting on tonight? But that about does it for the Body Bag Podcast. Next week, we're going to have another special guest, another horror author. Dave, you want to tell him? Yes, we got Spencer Hamilton coming on. I'm currently reading The Fear by him, which is a really good book. I got off of Amazon. And Chris, what are you reading? I'm reading The Kitchen Sink, which I got from his website at SpencerHamiltonBooks.com. We'll be talking about the 2007 remake of The Mist. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, it's been years since I've seen it, and I remember the last time I saw it, I absolutely hated it. But now after some years have passed and some thought, I might actually secretly love it. So I guess I'll know after I rewatch it. It'll be fun to see where he lands on this, although... He recommended it, so I imagine he likes it. Either really likes it or really hates it, so I guess we'll have to see. But until then, that about does it. Again, I am Chris Thomas. I am Broke Rider Dave, and everyone enjoy this spooky season.